0: excited to have Ed Cezina. He's right here with us. He's part of the Raymond James and Associate Organization. He's the market executive of Eastern Michigan Complex. And of course, Ed, you're with us today here on the Leadership Lowdown, and we're glad that you have a chance to kind of tell us about your story. But you know, the football and all the stuff that's right there is all leading you to a direction to graduate from West Point, and become a part of the military organization and make some contributions there. Tell me what happens. Football gets quickly put behind you, and it gets pretty real out there when you head off into the military, yes?
1: It does, indeed. That's the real world, and that's what we were training for the entire time. So you get to choose your branch of service in the Army, and I chose infantry. I figured if we're going to go in, we're going to go all in. And I wanted to lead soldiers and that's the best opportunity to lead as many soldiers in potentially desperate situations. So that's what I picked. And then you go through lots of schooling after West Point from your infantry officer basic course to airborne school. And I chose to go to ranger school and all sorts of other places, northern warfare school. Take your pick. There's just a lot to get ready before you can even go and serve and lead soldiers. And eventually I found myself in Europe as an Airborne Ranger Infantry Officer with 6th Battalion, 502nd Infantry Regiment, which was out of Berlin, Germany. And that was where I deployed to the former Yugoslavia Republic of Macedonia, right up leading up to uh, Bosnia situation. And that was a great opportunity. So you know, when you're in the army, and you're doing these things, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice for sure. But We train all the time for an opportunity to do real world deployments. And that was one of the first deployments we had done for quite some time in our countries.
0: Can I ask you so you get this assignment, and when you get there, is that when I watch too many movies, I guess, but I'm thinking you walk in and now there's a number of men and women under your command. Is that the way it works? Is that when you met them, is when you arrived at your location?
1: That's exactly right. It was all men and. They assign you to your first platoon as a rifle platoon leader. You've got these guys that have been at it for years and they're very experienced. And again, that humility part comes right into play because you are just some brand new second lieutenant. You can't. Well, people try, but you can't successfully jump in there and say, here I am. I've arrived. Here's what we're going to do. That's not how it works. You get a platoon sergeant who's the senior noncommissioned officer and humbly ask him to help you lead and to teach you and to make you the officer you should be.
0: Ed, that is brilliant stuff. Tell me, does that somebody that told you to do that or did that come from your heart and you just figured it out?
1: That's part of leadership training at West Point for sure. Same ranger school, very different leadership experience. So you understand that your non-commissioned officers and soldiers have been doing this for a long time and they've got ways of doing things. It doesn't mean that you're not going to improve upon those ways. And this has lasted a lifetime for me every new role. You have to just observe and listen and learn and make sure that you're allowing those people that are subject experts on the ground teach you, develop you so that you can make the right changes when the time needs to be when the changes need to be made at the right time, or you can just continue to improve upon what they're already doing.
0: Well Ed, this is really intriguing, worth the price of admission right here on this whole conversation because for me I've always felt That if I need to remind you that I'm in charge, that is broken leadership, that ultimately I have failed. And so when you hit the field and you have people, they know how many bars are on your sleeve or they understand all the way the military works. You never should be in a position to remind somebody like that. So there's a lot of. I think I'm hearing you say earning that position in terms of credible leadership. Are there some elements in your mind that go, that's right, Vic. Here's where you start on that. Anything that comes to mind?
1: There have been some good and bad experiences that have helped shape, you know, some of the things that I still do today. I do recall being in an engagement in, in the border of Kosovo and Macedonia. With my soldiers by then, I'm more senior for sure. And you know, they're following at that point and being told from some staff officers, you know, 30 kilometers to the rear, what I'm seeing when I'm actually on the ground seeing these things. And that was frustrating. And that was always a story that I've always, you know, leaned on. You've got to trust your people on the ground. And it's important that we do that today. And so with my direct reports, I trust them to tell me what they're seeing and what needs to be done because if they're there doing it each and every day. Mm-hmm. You can't be that person 30 kilometers behind saying, hey, this is what you're actually seeing when I was telling them I have 18 satellites in the air telling me exactly what I see. So <laughs> good
0: and bad. Yeah, and every one of them multi-million dollars, but you got your own 2020 vision going, I can see what's happening, right? I love that. And it's so important, Ed, as we think about leadership in terms of business and where we're headed as an organization, as leadership in organizations, being able to have people around you that are along, not for the ride, but they're along for the opportunity to help succeed and to build the organization with you. And man, I'm so excited to have you here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're so glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershara. We'll be right back.